We're starting a brand new sermon series called, what do you think? It's not a sermon series called Blank Screen, okay? It's a sermon series called Servanthood. Are you in or out? You know, we're living in a post-COVID era where people, Christians, uh, have understood pre-COVID what it is to fully serve, what it is to fully be in, what it is to be plugged in. But post-COVID, Christians have learned the language of, of living out a Christian lifestyle so well that they know how to tick the boxes. How are you doing? Bless. How's everything going? Perfect. By God's grace. When there's an anchor weighing them down on the inside, you know, and they're hurting and, you know, Post-COVID, this is not just in, in the UAE, it's world over. People have, have, have a, you know, kind of like put service to church, importance of church, either in the middle or the bottom of their list. It's not a need anymore. It's not a priority anymore. But we need to understand that we are called to be the people who God has called us to be. And if we understand that we are Christians, followers of Christ, we need to follow the greatest example that is there, that was ever there, that will ever be there, which is Christ. And that example is an example of being a servant. You know, we're living in a time where people don't really want to plug in. People understand that there's a need in the church, and when you ask them, do you want to serve? Please, can you serve? The church needs you. The church cannot do without you. The response is, I'll do it later on in life. Why do you want to do it later on in life when you can give God your best years that you have now? You know, I want to call, uh, I want to call Zaid up. Zaid, come on up. Zaid, don't, 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 don't be embarrassed. You know, I literally look up to him. <laughs> Are you nervous? Kind of. Standing next to me or just generally nervous? How many of you appreciate this guy? I don't know if I'm going to get to my sermon, but <laughs> don't worry. There's always another time. I really believe it, that God is here and now and... Uh, we need to be very mindful of the things that God wants to do now. How many of you know this guy? How many of you don't know him? Okay. Zaid, how old are you? I'm uh, 14, 14 years old. People, wait, wait, wait. Uh, people on the stage can remove the... Wait, wait. How many of you want to see him properly? Okay. Only, uh, listen, listen, listen. You know, we're going to be having inspection in this hall at some point. So... Those, in, I'm, I'm sorry, this is still COVID era, post-COVID, but if you're sitting in the congregation, you need to have your masks on, okay? I, I don't enjoy it, I don't like it. Only, only people on, this, on the stage, I mean, not, this is not a stage, only people who are up here, we are, we've, given, we've been given permission to have a mask down, so if you want to have it down, just come and say hi to me over here, <laughs> okay? But I'm really sorry, I have been speaking to the, to the priest every week, and I'm trying to get rid of this as soon as possible, okay? But I want you to see this. No, 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 not you, not you. I want you to see this young, handsome man's face. Again, Zed, how old are you? 
14 years old. 14 years old. Huh? <laughs> no, 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 no. We're not going there yet. We're not going there yet. Zaid, what do you do? What, what team do you serve on in the church? It's a music production there. Yeah. And the setup crew. Uh, setup, so, sound setup and yeah, thing. And, and, and I mean, stage. everything, setup, production and all of these things. Why do you serve? Uh, when you could be doing so many other things, sitting down over there, being on your phone. Listen. I'm saying something. I'm saying something. You could be sitting down over there doing it. Why is it that you serve? Well, it's because um, it's also my interest in music, like music production, and also to help the church. Say that again, what? To help the church uh, to like make it, I guess, faster to, and uh, more, how would you call it? Like efficient, yeah. So that efficient. we can start service on time. Yeah, you can start service on time. And also, I'm curious, like how it works, how the setup, the music works, and maybe I can also do like my own style or way of music. Did anyone force you to join this team? <laughs> I mean, technically, my mom, but uh, my yeah. mom. Oh, well, of course. Okay, okay. That, that doesn't count. That doesn't count. Did anyone in church force you to join this team? No, not, no, no one. No, right? Do you enjoy what you do? Yeah, I do, actually. You know, Zaid, because of people like Zaid, we can start the service on time and you can hear me clearly. Thank you. Because Zayt has, has identified that this is a need. Just 14 years old. Okay? You started way back in Feb? Um, yeah, I'm pretty sure. Fe Five Feb, months? March. He Five came months. on, the team trained him, and I'm pretty sure he's, he's confident enough to handle that right now on your own, right? Pretty much. Yeah, pretty much. Yeah. Pretty much, right? And he has a long way to go. He's only 14. Only 14. And he has said, yes, I want to be all in. You know, the church has a need. I want to be there and do whatever I can. It's not only an interest, but I love what I, I, love what I do because it's my hobby. It, I love music, but I also understand that the church has a need. Yeah. We love you, man. Thank so you. Thank you. Thanks so much. Thank Thanks so much. I pray, I pray that at the end of the service, God would raise up a lot more zits. I'm not saying it from a place of condemnation or, 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 or bringing you down. Or that's, you know, you, those of you who have been here for a while, you know my heart. You know I love you. You know my family loves you. But I don't want you to miss out on what God has given you. I don't want you to miss out on the gift. I don't want you to, to just allow that gift to be lying over there without being used when I know that a whole bunch of people in this church can be blessed through your gift. I'm a blessed man standing up today, over here, preaching confidently, not knowing that this mic's going to go off. I mean, knowing, knowing, not knowing, sorry. Knowing that this mic's not going to go off. Knowing that I can speak without trying to figure out, are there going to be some unwanted sounds and all of that? Because of people like Zaid. Because of people like Zaid. That's the confidence I have. That's the confidence I have. You know, the Bible says in John, 15, in John 13, verses 15 to 17, I have set you an example 
that you should do as I have done for you. This is Jesus speaking. Very truly I tell you, no servant is greater than his master, nor is a messenger greater than the one who sent him. Now that you know these things, you will be blessed if you do them. If you do them. You know, we notice an incident in this passage out of the life, out of, the life of Jesus which can help us to see what it means to be a servant of Christ. You know, there was a man in church who was very fond of using a certain phrase. You know, every time the preacher would preach, every time the pastor would preach, at the end of the service, he would go up to the, to the, to the, to the pastor, to the preacher, and use his favorite phrase. One Sunday, the, if, if, if the, one Sunday the pastor was, was preaching about soul winning, you know, at the end of the service, he came and he said, Preacher, I aim to start witnessing. The following week, the pastor spoke about giving. Again, after the service, he came and he said, Preacher, I aim to start tithing. And this just went on and on and on, but this person's behavior did not change. Finally, one week, the pastor was preaching about prayer. You know, the pastor was preaching about prayer and he came up to the pastor and said, Preacher, I aim to start praying. The pastor said, do me a favor. Stop aiming and start shooting. Some of you got it. Stop aiming and start shooting. You know, the thing is that we need a, re we need a renewed zeal, a spark in our servanthood for Christ. I'm telling you, each one of us are called to serve. Each one of us. There's no other way. You know, I really like what, what Billy Sunday, now Billy Sunday was, uh, was a baseball player who, later on, went, who, who la later went on to become one of the greatest evangelists in America. But Billy Sunday said, he used to say that he would fight the devil as long as he had strength. He would, hit him, he would hit him as long as he had a fist. He would bite him as long as he had teeth. And if he lost his teeth, he would gum, he would gum the devil till he died. He would gum the devil till he died. We need, we need more servants of God with that attitude. We need more servants of God. You know the word servant used by Jesus means one who's a voluntary slave to another. A voluntary slave to another. When Jesus said that the servant is not about his master, he was indicating that we must serve in the same way that he served. You know, and so today what I've done is, what I've, what I've done is, and what I aim to do through this, through this message is I've taken, the word, so I've taken the word servant and I've used it as an acrostic. And I, want to, and, and, and I want us to be able to look at our lives in the light of God's word and discover if we are truly servants of this most high God we talk about, this most high God whom we worship and praise. The first one is S. The first S is the only S, is for saved. The, the first one is S. We need to understand that we are saved to serve. We are saved to serve. The, the reason we are saved 
is because we acknowledge what Christ did for us on the cross. We acknowledge what Christ did for us as individuals, which is why we chose to believe in him. We gave our hearts to him and we got saved. We are saved because we are followers of Christ. But if we are saved because we are followers of Christ, we also need to follow the greatest example of servanthood that we have set before us, which is Christ. We are saved to serve. We are saved to serve. You know, Ephesians chapter 2 verse 8, 10 says that no amount of service can make you a Christian. No amount of penance can bring you into a right relationship to God. And as we see from chapter 13, there, were a whole, there was a whole lot happening out there in John chapter 13. You know, people were arguing who was the greatest amongst them, who should sit on the left and on the right, and all of these things were happening. But the real question is, are you saved? Did they really have an experience with God rather than trying to figure out who was the best, who was loved the most? You know, when you come to Jesus, when you come to Jesus, you enter into salvation in three tenses. When you come to Jesus, you enter into salvation into in, in three tenses. The saved are cleansed of sin and are born again. Secondly, they are promised a home in heaven. Those two cover the past tense and the future tense. But what about the year and now? What about the year and now? That is the present tense. When you are saved, you are saved to serve. You are saved to serve now. It's true that the church will need you four, five, six, seven years later, but the church needs you now. Let me say this. There's no small job or big job for the kingdom of God. Every job, whatever it is, even if it's cleaning the toilets, is important because you're not doing it for the people around you. You're doing it unto God. And you're doing it to make life better for somebody else. Would you like it in your home if someone has to use the washroom and it's an, in, an, in a mess? Or you, do you deliberately go and you make it a mess? Now, now I want them to use the washroom so that they don't come to my house again. No, right? You make sure that when people come to your home, you clean, you clean it up and you, you, you want to be a good host. You want to be the best that you can with regards to hospitality. You want to look after them well. You'll make sure everything is looked after well, including the toilet. Why? Because that is your house. You know why we need to look after the church well and do all that we are called to do for the church? Because it is God's house. It's so amazing, right? We ask God many a times. I'm in this as well, okay? I'm not condemning anyone. I'm in this as much as I'm, 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 I'm uh, speaking it out to you. I'm included in this as well. It's so amazing. We ask God to do this for us, do that for us, do this for us, do that for us. Bless me, God. I need it now. 
And when it comes to serve my house, they need you. God, next week, next week. Two weeks, two weeks, two weeks, please, two weeks. The Bible clearly says, do not worry about tomorrow. Tomorrow will worry about itself. We don't know what's going to happen for us tomorrow. We don't know if you're going to be alive tomorrow. That's why God says, whatever you can do, do it now. Here and now. The second is E for eager. The Bible says in Ephesians 6 verse 7, Serve wholeheartedly as if you were serving the Lord, not men. You know, Jesus, in this, in this, in this chapter, we see Jesus washing the disciples' feet. Jesus did, Jesus did not wash the disciples' feet because they were worthy. Because they were worthy of that or because they deserved it. He washed it because he was serving the heavenly Father. He was not doing it for men. He was serving the heavenly Father and was fulfilling the purpose for which he was sent. That is why he was baptized. He could have just taken the water and said, I baptized myself. No. I mean, he's Jesus. He's God. He can do whatever he wants. He said, John the Baptist. John the Baptist was appointed to baptize him. John said, I'm not worthy to even untie your sandals. My Lord, I'm not worthy. Yet he was down at the Jordan. Jesus was down, was down at the Jordan asking John to baptize him. And John protested. Like I said, he was feeling unworthy. Jesus said it had to be done to fulfill all righteousness. He was simply obeying his heavenly Father. Jesus looked at his disciples in the room, and they were slow to serve each other. So he just went. He just went and decided. He, he was eager. I have to do this. He just went, and he decided to wash their feet. Are we eager servants of Jesus? The third is my favorite. R for rejected. Jesus came to his own and his own received him not. In fact, even in the upper room, there was rejection. When Jesus came to wash the feet of Peter, Peter refused. He was in, a sen in, in, he was in essence correcting the master. No, you cannot. He was going to tell Jesus what he thought about this entire process. Peter felt that Jesus was demeaning himself and he did not want to be part of it. But Jesus had to straighten Simon out and teach him a thing or two. Let me say this to you. Rejection is a part of service. You know, uh, Zaid, where's my friend Zaid? Oh, I can see you from anywhere, sorry. <laughs> Pro, uh, uh, today, today is going to be different after this service. But prior to this, has the people come up to you and said thank you? I mean, I know your team says thank you and appreciates you, but other people around who come and say thank you? No, right? No. Why? Because we find it so hard to say thank you. You know what comes easy? Not, this is not against Zeth now. You know what comes easy? Man, the sound was so bad today. Man, the speakers are not working at the back. The sound was like, oh my God, I should have just, I should have just gone for brunch. You know the worship team today? I didn't hear a word they were saying. You know how much of effort, even if you cannot hear. Now I'm not giving them the, I'm, listen, listen, listen. 
I'm giving you the benefit of the doubt, okay? I'm not saying that our sound team is the best in the world, but I will say our sound team is the best that God has given us. But I will give you the benefit of the doubt and say, okay, not always. I'm going to take a few more minutes, yeah, uh, beyond 1.30. I want to say something. Otherwise, I'll only finish till sir. You know, I need to finish one, sir, one, servant. You know, uh, I'm, I'm giving you the benefit of the doubt. I'm not saying that every time you may get the, 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 the best experience, but acknowledge the fact that they come in early and do all that they can in order for you to get the best experience. We will not always hit the bullseye, but we will always come close to it. We will always come close to it. You know, and there will be people who will criticize you when you serve. You will not have an applause from everyone you serve. You will, you will, you will not have an applause from everyone when you serve God. If you have tender feelings, if you, if you, if you feel really bad and you know, you're, you're, you, you have tender feelings, you will not make it. You have to withstand rejection. Imagine when Jesus was going to the cross, uh, people spat. People spat on him. People abused him. People whipped him. They hit him. They did all sorts of things. Jesus didn't say, I don't want to go to the grass. Jesus, I don't God, I don't want to go. No, he didn't. Yeah, some of you find it funny. He didn't be like, no, 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 I can't do this. I can't do this. Let somebody else do it. No. Jesus probably went through the worst experience that anyone would ever go through and you will not go through that. If he could do it, we are called to follow the greatest example ever. That if he could do it, if he, and if he could endure the cross for the joy that was set before him, how much more can we endure being followers of Christ? There's always, listen, 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 this, in this world, there's always someone, there's always someone who thinks they know what you're... They, they, they always, there's always someone who thinks they know a lot more about what you're doing than you know. You know? Like when my daughter, when my daughter Zoe had her first degree burn, you know, the entire skin and everything came out. On one day, we just happened to be in, uh, another, cap, in an, another cabin in the hospital getting a dressing done, and this cardiologist comes up and it's just the second or third day getting uh, Zoe's dressing done. And this uh, cardiologist comes up while this nurse is treating her burn, applying the ointment and everything. And this cardiologist is saying, he just went on rattling. You know, you'll have to do plastic surgery for her. You'll have to do skin grafting. Her skin's never going to be the same. You know, she's going to have problems growing up. And my wife was bawling her eyes out there. She was crying. You know, and I, I was emotional as well. And after saying all these things, he said, but I don't know any better because I'm a cardiologist. <laughs> you know, I wanted to give him, I wanted to give him the, I wanted to give him the, I wanted to move in the, in, in, in the I wanted to give him the five-fold ministry. <laughs> I seriously wanted to turn around and give him the five-fold ministry. Just don't say what you're not supposed to say. You know, there were these people standing out, out. There was this young man, you know, standing along with the crowd, waiting for a bus outside a taxidermist store. 
Now, let me tell you what a taxidermist. A taxidermist is a person whose job is to prepare the skins of dead animals and birds and fill them with a special material to make them look as if they are alive. Okay, that's a taxidermist. You heard something new today. I heard, I, I learned, you learned something new today. I learned something new yesterday. We're in the same place. Okay? So they were all looking in the window at all the displays. And in the center of the window, there was a large owl that attracted everyone's attention. And this expert, this young man, he began to criticize the job done on the owl. He said, if, if I couldn't do better than that, I would find another business. Just look at it. The head is out of proportion. The pose of the body is unnatural. And the feet are pointed in the wrong direction. Just as he finished saying this, the owl turned his head and gave the man a broad wink. And everyone obviously had a good laugh because that owl was alive. It wasn't dead. Don't worry about rejection. Many who stand on the sidelines and criticize don't know what they are talking about. Just do what God has called you to do and be faithful to the very end. Paul puts it in this way. Am I now trying to win the approval of man or of God? Or am I trying to please men? If I were trying to please, if I was still trying to please men, I would not be a servant of Christ. I want you to know, brothers, that the gospel I preach is not something that man made up. You know, can I give you a piece of advice? Just please, please, in love, in love. Say yes. yes. Say yes. Say good yes. Next time you feel like criticizing someone, you feel like saying they're not doing a good job, you feel you don't have anything good to say, next time you feel like that, just pinch yourself really hard. Don't give, a, don't, don't give yourself a light pinch. Give yourself a pinch. You know, pinch yourself really hard where it pins. At least then you'll have a sense. I hope you'll have a sense of feeling of the pain that the other person may feel. Pinch yourself very hard. The pain that the other person may feel would be a lot worse than you. We is for volunteer. Don't wait for a job to be there for you to step in. God has called you to be you. This church needs you. You are different from everyone else. If there are 15 people on the setup team and you still want to join the setup team, you will be completely different and do things completely differently from all of them because you are special. Don't hold back. But if you see a need, identify it and step in. Be all in. A is for accountable. A is for accountable. A servant is a steward. A steward. Sorry, a steward is someone who is given a responsibility to take care of something for someone else. We are taking care of God's house. The steward will give an account for his stewardship. For example, I am a pastor. I am your pastor. I will give an account of my, for my service in this church and others that I have served. I will give an account. My accountability is ultimately not to you, but it is to God. It is to God. The Bible says in Romans 14, 12. It's okay. So then each one of us will give an account of himself to God. 
This passage speaks of the believers, not the unbelievers. You shall give an account for the talents, the gifts, the possessions you were given on this earth. I'm saying this, each and every person over here has got a gift, has got a calling, has got an anointing. You need to understand and identify what your gift is and remove it down from the shelf. Your gift, listen, when you're given a Christmas, Christmas is coming, you know, today is what? Today the date is, from next week, it, uh, from I think September 15 or 16, we're 100 days away from Christmas. How many of you like gifts? Yeah, you like gifts, right? When someone gives you a gift, do you wait for the following Christmas to open it? No, right? It would gather dust. In the same way, if God's given you a gift, you need to allow that gift to work and come forth because it's not just for the benefit of you, it's for the benefit of others because others need to be blessed through your gift. Be accountable. N is for noble. It's okay, don't worry about this. Someone say, oh, the projector's not working. Why is the projector not working? We love Lavina and she's doing an amazing job. It's not her fault. It's not her fault. Oh, there it is. It's not her fault. N is for noble. The disciples often struggle with the question of who would be greater in the kingdom. Jesus said that the greatest would be the servant. The greatest would be the servant. Jesus said to them, the kings of the Gentiles lorded over them and those who exercise authority over them call themselves benefactors. For who is greater? I'm just going down last. For who is greater? The one who is at the table or the one who serves? Is it not the one who is at the table? But I am among you as the one who serves. As the one who serves. The most noble of all tasks in God's kingdom is that task which appears to be the least noble to the world. The last is T for triumphant. Jesus said that a cup of cold water given in his name would not lose a reward in heaven. Serve God and you will be triumphant. In Matthew 25, 21, his master replied, Well done, good and faithful servant. You have been faithful with few things. I will put you in charge of many things. Come and share your master's happiness. Come and share your master's happiness. How many of you like Wendy's burgers? I'm not promoting fast food, okay? How many of you liked Wendy's burgers? I used to like it back in the day, but that's the one I'm getting at. Listen to this. I got my MBA long before my general equivalency degree. I even have a photograph of me in my MBA graduation outfit, a snazzy knee-length work apron. I guarantee you that I'm the only founder among America's big companies whose picture in the corporate annual report shows him wielding a mop and a plastic bucket. That wasn't a gag. It was a case of leading by example. At Wendy's, MBA does not mean master of business administration. It means mop bucket attitude. It's how we, it's how we define satisfying the customer through cleanliness, quality food, friendly service, and atmosphere. It is a shame when the owners of businesses have a greater attitude towards service than the children of God. That's Dave Thomas, the founder of Wendy's. Doesn't that 
isn't that description a description of the church? Cleanliness, quality food, which is the word of God, friendly service and atmosphere. How amazing it would be to have a mop bucket attitude in the church, right? Oh, no, no, I, I don't want to do that. That's not for me. That's the uh, yuck, yuck. No, no, no. Why? God did not come to be served. Jesus did not come to be served. He came to serve. He came to serve and be an example for all. It'd be so amazing if we can adopt a mop bucket attitude. But more so, if we can, ado- if we, if we can adopt the attitude of Christ in our lives and allow that attitude to flow through our lives. In closing, let me just say this. The modern, the modern Christian gets up in the morning and says, Lord, what will you do for me today? The early Christian got up in the morning and said, Lord, what would you have me do for you today? The modern Christian gets up in the morning and says, Lord, give me a good day today. The early Christian got up in the morning and said, Lord, give me a fruitful day today. The modern Christian looks at the world condition and says, Lord, why doesn't somebody do something? The early Christian got up in the morning and said, Lord, let me do something. The modern Christian looks at the failure in the church and says, Oh God, what's wrong with this pastor, with the staff, with the people that he has in the church? The sound and everything is so bad. The early Christian looked at the failure in the church and said, Lord, what is wrong with me? Why, why am I not stepping in to serve? The early Christian turned the world upside down. The modern Christian is seeing the world turned upside down on the church. What is the difference between then and now? The early church saw themselves as servants and decided to do all they could to be faithful to God and more like Jesus every day. My question is, what will you do? Are you okay with being partly in and partly outside? Or do you want to be that person who says, I'm all in. I want to be all in. Can we stand up? Can we stand up? You know, I'm not going to give a call. I'm not going to, I've, I've, I've done this time and again because I don't like forcing people. You know, I don't like forcing people. I'm not going to give a call and say that, oh, listen, we're signing up. If you want to serve on a team, we're signing up. We're taking sign-ups after the service. But if you feel that this word is spoken to you, and if you are standing there and you're like, what am I doing with my life? I know that I can do so much more. I can contribute so much more. I know that I've got something on the inside of me which can bless people around me. If you are that person, just come and meet me after the service. I'm not going to say anything else. If you are that person, you feel that way. Listen, the need in the church is a lot bigger than you think. And like I said, there's no small thing. You know, there's no, there's no, uh, there's there's nothing that is too small or too big for the kingdom of God. You may probably stand over there and, and say hello. That would make someone's day. That would make someone's day. That would brighten up someone's day. You don't know what someone might have been going through before entering through those doors. But by seeing a smile on your face, it can bring healing and joy like no other. So if you're standing over there and you are saying, God, I want to do more than I've ever done, meet me after the service. Meet me after the service. We need a lot more zates in this church. You know, we need a lot more people. I'm thankful for our, our, young, our, our young kids. I'm not going to brag and talk about my daughter, Ilana, but Ninoshka, you know, Oscar's daughter, Emmanuel, for serving in kids' church 
And there are so many other small kids. You know, I'm super thankful and grateful. The Bible says, train a child when he is young. And when he's old, he will not depart from them. We have a God-given responsibility. If you want our, ch- if you want our children to follow us, follow, if you want our children to follow us, let us take the first step and be all in and they will follow behind. Put your hands out. I'm sorry I took a little bit more time, uh, but I really felt that the most important thing from today was me acknowledging that young man over there. And, and yeah, allow, allowing God to be in that moment. Put your hands out. Father, we're here as servants of you, Father. We thank you for what you did for us on the cross. We thank you, Lord, that you gave us the best model anyone could give us. The best model of servanthood. And I pray, Lord, that as Christians, as your children, as sons and daughters who are called by you, we would be able to do the same. We would be able to do the same. Lord, I pray that you would speak to each one of us and help us realize that what we have, the gift that we have on the inside of us is far greater than we know. And that gift is given to be a blessing, to be used to be a blessing for not just people within this hall, but the world over. Help us to use what we've been given to build your church, to serve in your house and be all that you've called us to be. In Jesus Christ's mighty name. Amen, amen, amen.